Masech's Megillah Perek Dalad Mishnah Aleph until Perek Dalad Mishnah Dalad. Although the last two prokem of the Masechta aren't so related directly to the laws of Megillah itself, but more to the general laws of reading from a Sefer Torah, Kriyasa Torah, and the Haft Torah, nevertheless, this Perek does return for a moment to the laws of Megillah itself and highlights some differences between when one reads the Megillah and when one reads from a Sefer Torah. Now it is learnt from the Pasuk where Hashem tells Moshe, Hashem tells Moshe to stand with me. Now the fact that Hashem told Moshe stand with me implies that Hashem was also standing, as it were. This is referring to when Moshe went up to Har Sinai to receive the Luchais, and since Kriyasa Torah in a way resembles the giving of the Torah, so it is certainly not appropriate for the person reading from the Torah to be sitting down. If even Hashem was standing up at the time of Matan Torah when the Torah was given, whatever that means, certainly a man needs to stand up as he is reading from the Sefer Torah. However, HaKaris HaMegillah, one who reads the Megillah, he can do so either standing up or sitting down. Now the truth is, if one is reading the Megillah in public for other people, then there is another reason why he has to stand. In order to honour the people there, if he's doing something from the public, so as an honour to the public, he needs to stand up. But that's not for the same reason as one stands up during Kriyasa Torah, and if he is reading the Megillah privately, then he is actually allowed to sit down while doing so. Another difference is that in general there is a rule that two voices speaking at the same time cannot be heard. Even if they are saying the same thing, it makes it much harder to understand if there are two people saying it. And therefore when it comes to Kriyasa Torah, it has to be read only by one person at that moment. However, when it comes to the Megillah, whether only one person read it, or whether two people read it at the same time, people who hear the Megillah from them have fulfilled their obligation. The reason being that since the Megillah is only read once a year on Purim, and people are much more excited about it than when they hear Kriyasa Torah, which they hear very often, so they pay much more attention to understanding and hearing the words. And because of that, even if there are two people reading from the Megillah, because they are paying more attention out of their love and excitement for the mitzvah of Megillah, they do understand the words and therefore they do fulfill their obligation. Now before the Megillah is read, there are three brachas which are made. One is the regular bracha over any mitzvah, who commanded us to read the Megillah. The second bracha is the bracha of Sha'osa Nisim, that Hashem has done miracles for us. And the third bracha is Shechyonu, which is the bracha made for every mitzvah which is done not very often. And those three brachas are an obligation in every single location. Now in terms of the bracha which is made at the end of the Megillah, which is actually less related to the Megillah itself, it's more of a bracha thanking Hashem for saving us from our enemies in general, and for always being with us. It's less related to the Megillah itself, and there were certain locations which never actually had the custom to make a bracha after the Megillah. And so the Mishnah tells us that it all depends on the location in which one is. In a location where the custom was to make a bracha after the Megillah as well, so they should make a bracha. But if the, the custom was not to make a bracha, then they should not make a bracha, since we go after the custom of that location. Alright, the next couple of Mishnahis discuss how many people are called up to read from the Sefer Torah on various days. And it should be noted that during the times of the Mishnah, the person who was called up from the Torah, he would be the one to read from the Sefer Torah. 
Although nowadays in many communities, the custom is that there is one Baal Koire. There's one person who reads from the Torah and the other person who was called up only makes brachas. Nevertheless, in the times of the Mishnah, the one who was called up to the Torah, he would be the one to read from the Torah. The question is, how many people would be called up to read from the Sefer Torah each day? On Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos Mincha, Karin Shalisha, three people would read from the Sefer Torah. This is always the minimum number of people who would read from the Sefer Torah, corresponding to the Kohen, the Levi, and Yisrael who are called up. And in Poichasin, there cannot be less than three people who read from the Sefer Torah. As we explained, one Kohen has to read, and then a Levi, and then a Yisrael. But as well as that, on these three days, they may see from Alehem, it is also forbidden to add on, to have more than three people reading. The reason being that on Monday and Thursday, people need to go to work. It is improper to keep them waiting too long. And on Shabbos Mincha, there would generally not be enough time to have any more than three people reading, because this would be very close to Shkia, very close to sunset, and so they would need to leave enough time to daven Shemana Esrei of Mincha. And because of that, no more than three people could read. And for the same reason, Novi, no Haftoyah from Novi, from Nach, is read on these three days. Again, in order not to lengthen the Kriyasa Torah too much. Alright, now although multiple people read from the Sefer Torah, it is nevertheless only one mitzvah. All of them are partaking in the same single mitzvah. And because of that, only HaPeseach, the one who opens up, the first person to read, the HaChoseim, and the one who closes, the last person to read, Batoirah, from the Torah, he would make a bracha before and after the reading. Meaning, the first person to be called up would make a bracha before, he wouldn't make a bracha afterwards, the next person to be called up wouldn't make any brachas, and the last person would not make a bracha before, but only a bracha afterwards. Because just like every other mitzvah, only one bracha is made before, and perhaps another one is made afterwards. You never make more than one bracha over the same mitzvah. The Gemara explains that the reason why we do nowadays, that each person who is called up to read makes a bracha before and afterwards, that is Medjabonon, since some people might have come into shul, or left shul in the middle. So they wouldn't have heard the bracha before, or the bracha afterwards. So they might come to think that no bracha is made before, or no bracha is made after Kriya And so to avoid people making that mistake, they are born and decreed that each person who is called up to the Torah should make a bracha both before and after reading from the Sefer Torah. So we've had level one, that's when three people read from the Sefer Torah. And now we're up to level two, Rosh Chodoshim of Chodesh Al-Mayed. On Rosh Chodesh and Cholamayed, Karinar Ba'a, four people read from the Sefer Torah. These days have more Kedusha, more sanctity than a regular Monday or Thursday. There is a Musaf on these days, and so to symbolize that fact, an extra person reads from the Sefer Torah. Once again, in Pochas and Mehen, there cannot be any less than four people, but Yimei Alayen, and they can also not add any more people, because although there are certain prohibitions of work, especially on Cholamoyed, and also on Rosh Chodesh, depending on the custom, nevertheless, there is certain types of work which is permitted, and people do have lots of things to be getting on with, and so it's considered to be Tirchadit Tzibura, a burden upon the community to get more than four people to read from the Sefer Torah. And for the same reason, they do not read a Haftorah from Nach. The Haftorah is always from the part of Nevi'im, of the prophets, as opposed to the Ksuvim. But the point is that there is no Haftorah on these days in order not to place too much of a burden on the community. And once again, the one who is called up first and last to the Torah, he would make a bracha before and afterwards, such that only one bracha was made before the entire Kriyasa Torah, and only one bracha was made after the entire Kriyasa Torah. 
this is the rule. Any day on which a Koran Musaf is brought is offered up in the Mikdash and on which there would be a tefillah of Musaf. Yet it's not a Yomtev. Four people would read from the Sefer Torah. And of course, the only two days which have that is Rosh Chodesh and Cholamoyed. Alright, but Yomtev on Yomtev itself, Chamisha, five people read from the Sefer Torah because it's more strict than Rosh Chodesh and Cholamoyed. There are more restrictions on working. Bimakipurim on Yom Kippur is Shisha, six people read from the Sefer Torah. Since Yom Kippur is considered more severe than Yomtev, for example, if somebody violates Yom Kippur, he gets the punishment of Kores where he is cut off, so to speak, from Hashem. Perhaps he dies early. It's a much more severe punishment than Yom Tov. And Bashabas on Shabbos, Shiva. Seven people read from the Sefer Torah, since that is even more strict than Yom Kippur, since there is a death penalty of stoning from the base then for one who violates Shabbos. Now in these three categories, Yom Tov, Yom Kippur, and Shabbos, one cannot have less than that number of people reading, but they can have more than five, six, or seven people reading from the Sefer Torah, since on these days people are resting, they haven't got places to go, they haven't got work to get done, and they are less pressured for time, and therefore they can add more people to the number of people reading from the Sefer Torah on those days. And because it's not considered a burden anymore, people are not rushing to go elsewhere, so Maftirim by Novi, they do read a Haftorah from Novi, and once again, only the one who begins and ends reading from the Torah, makes a bracha before and after the Kriyas HaTorah. As you mentioned, our custom is not like that, our custom is that each person who is called up makes a bracha both before and after his Aliyah. Mishnah Gimel, the rule is that Devarim Shabbat Things which involve an extra degree of holiness and sanctity can only be recited in the presence of a minion. So for example, Kaddish and Kedusha and saying Boruchu. These are examples of Dvarim Shabbat Kedusha which may only be said in the presence of a minion of ten adult men. Now in the coming Mishnayis we will see the concept of Pores al Shema. Pores al Shema refers to when people have davened already and they davened without a minion. For whatever reason, they weren't able to get together, so they so they davened by themselves, and later on, that day, they got together in order to say the parts of davening which require a minion. So they would have at least ten people coming together, and one of those ten people would say Kaddish and Kedusha, Boruchu, and as well as that, they would say the first bracha of Shema as well. Although the first bracha of Shema does not require a minion, since Boruchu does, and Boruchu is an introduction and sort of a declaration for people to say the first bracha of Shema, so they also need to say the first bracha on Shema, and then they would skip from the first bracha on Shema and go straight to Shemona Esrei with one person saying it out loud, including Kadusha. There are multiple interpretations of what exactly was involved in this process of Paris al Shema. We explained it according to the way the majority of Mepharshim understand that it involves people who had davened already but without a minion, and now they are coming to fill in those gaps of the parts of davening which require a minion. So this Mishnah is going to discuss that, as well as other processes which require a minion for them to be said and done. In Posen al-Shema, they cannot do the process of being Paris al-Shema. In Teva, they cannot have somebody being the Chazan and repeating the Shemona Esrei. The Enosnes Kapehem and the Kranim do not lift up their hands in order to do Birkas Kranim. There's no Birkas Kranim unless there's a minion. They in Kohen Ba and they do not read from the Sefer Torah. They in Ba Novi and they cannot read the Haft Torah. They in Eisen Mamad Moshev and they cannot do a process known as Mamad Moshev, which is on the way to a 
burial during a levaya, when they are carrying the coffin towards where it is going to be buried, the custom was that they would sit down every few steps and somebody would deliver a hesped, a eulogy, speaking about the person who had died. And then they would get up, continue walking towards the grave, and then they would sit down again, somebody would deliver a eulogy, and they would continue doing this seven times. That was the custom during the times of the Mishnah. This was only done in the presence of a minion. Otherwise, it was unnecessary to do this whole big process with someone delivering a eulogy seven times. If there's less than ten people there, then this is not necessary. The in omen brukas they cannot say the bracha which people give to the mourners after the burial has taken place, when the mourners are on their way home, so the custom was for the people present to give them a bracha. But again, that's only done in the presence of a minion. The tanchume aveilim, comforting the mourners, which refers to the custom that after the burial, everybody else who was there, other than the mourners themselves, the relatives of the person who died, everybody would stand in rows and walk past the mourners, comforting them and wishing them well and that they, they'd be comforted. So again, this process of going in rows and walking past the mourners to comfort them, that was only done in a minion. Ubrikas chasonim, this refers to the brachas of the, the Sheva brachas, which are made under a chuppah as well as throughout the first week of a couple's marriage. So to say the Sheva brachas, that requires a minion. As well as that, Bashem, and does not include Hashem in the zimun, when one makes a zimun before at least three people say Brikas Amozain after eating bread. So the custom is that the word Elekeinu, Nevorach Leilekeinu, that word is added when there are at least 10 people present, only if there is a minion. So all of these things which, is, which we just mentioned cannot be done with pochis masora less than 10 adult Jewish males who make up a minion. Now, if somebody designates a item or a piece of land to the Beis HaMikdash, so depending on what the item is, perhaps the item itself can be given and used in the Beis HaMikdash, but more often than not, especially when it comes to land, the land itself is not given to the Beis HaMikdash. Rather, it is considered to be Beis HaMikdash's property until somebody redeems it by paying for it, and then that money becomes Beis HaMikdash's property, and the land becomes the person who pays for the land. Now, if somebody did make his land hektash, he designated his land to the Beis HaMikdash, when he comes to redeem it, and to give that money the value of the land to the Beis HaMikdash, so it's quite difficult to measure the exact value of land, and it's learned from Pesukim that 10 people are required. When talking about designating something for the Beis HaMikdash, the Torah lists the word koyen 10 times. Now there's a rule that in miut achar miut if the Torah says a word which limits something, and then it says another word which limits it, the second word actually comes to include something. So let's take our example. When the Torah said the word koyen, that implies that a koyen has to be the one who evaluates the value of the land, and he's in charge of the whole process of redeeming the land. But then the Torah says koyen again, and again and again. And so all of the other times that it says the word koyen, that's actually to tell you that you don't need a koyen. So since it says koyen ten times, the first time is to tell you that you need a koyen, and the next nine times are to tell you that you need anybody. So altogether you need 10 people, because it did say the word koin 10 times. However, nine of them can be Yisraelim. So the Mishnah says with a karkotis, when it comes to redeeming land, by giving the money to the Beis HaMikdosh instead of the land, tish of a koin, it requires nine people, plus a koin to evaluate it and to process it, the Odom. And if a person declares that he wants to give his own value, 
to the Beit HaMikdash. similar to them, meaning that would also require nine people plus a Kohen to evaluate how much he needs to give to the Beit HaMikdash. Mishadalad, in the times of Ezra and Nehemia, who were two of the Nevi'im, Many people did not understand Loshna Kodesh, they did not understand the language of the Torah, and as a result, they instituted that during the leaning itself, during the Kriyasa Torah itself, after each Pasuk, there would be a Maturgamon, a translator who would explain in Aramaic what the Pasuk had just said. Says the Mishnah, Kaira Torah, one who reads from the Sefer Torah, can never read less than three Pasukim at one time. This corresponds to Torah Novim and Ksuvim, the three parts of Tanakh, who is called up to read from the Sefer Torah needs to read at least three Pesukim. He should not read more than one Pesuk at a time for the Maturgamon to translate it, because if he would read too much, then the Maturgamon would forget what exactly he had said, and he might not translate it accurately. However, Uvanovi, when it comes to reading the Haftorah, he can read three Pesukim at a time, and then let the translator translate and explain those three Pesukim, Reason being that since the Haftorah doesn't include any laws, so we're less concerned about the worry that he might make a mistake, because even if he does make a mistake, it won't, it won't lead to anybody making a mistake in the actual law. However, even in the Haftorah, if those three Pesukim were talking about three totally different things, then even the Haftorah, you should read only one Pesuk at a time, in order that the translator not make a mistake. Because if it's different topics, then he is very likely to indeed error. Another way in which the Haftorah is more lenient than the reading of Kriyas Haftorah itself is that Medalgin Banovi, it is permitted to skip in the Novi, meaning during the Haftorah, one can read a few Pesukim from here, and then skip to a different part of Nach, which is, which is at least in that same scroll of Nach, but it could be a totally different topic, and that is okay. However, the Medalgin Banovi, it is forbidden to skip to a different topic, which is unrelated when it comes to the Torah itself. If it's related, then it's permitted. But if it's a different topic, then we are concerned when it comes to the Torah itself, that people will get confused, and therefore when doing the Kriyasa Torah itself, they should be avoided. The Ad Kamahumudaleg, and up to how much can one skip when it is permitted, only until the point at which the translator wouldn't have stopped, meaning you have to be ready to continue reading as soon as the translator has stopped translating and explaining. Otherwise, again, it's considered to be a tirchaditsibura, a burden on the community who is forced to wait for you, and therefore you can only skip if you are certain that you'll be ready to continue reading from there once the translator has stopped translating.